Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I am here in Scottsdale, Arizona with my friend, the glassing guru, Cody Nelson of GoHunt.com, <laughs> the optics authority. Uh, Cody, how you doing? It's going to be fun to do a podcast here in person. Yeah, we're do, uh, do a little live podcast, I guess, if you want to call it, yeah. as live as they can be anyway. Uh, doing well? Working? Good. Uh, go Selling hunts, a lot. Go, go, go the... The season was really good over the, the Black Friday sales and Thanksgiving time, and things are ramping up and looking really good for, for the uh, Christmas holiday. So, Cody, from your perspective on a day-to-day basis, you know, basically in business hours, uh, every single day you are answering customers' questions. Oh, You're yeah. helping people place different optics, rifle scopes, spotting scopes, whatever, in their arsenal um, for them to use for hunting. Absolutely. So, I mean, would it be safe to say that, I mean, you're on the phone basically from, you know, sun up to sun down from business hours. Typically speaking. Yeah. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, I try to follow the, the go hunt hours, which if anybody doesn't know, I'm working out of you know, my home in Scottsdale. And, and so there's an hour time change, but I typically, I follow, you know, my nine to five, but my nine to five is, earlier and so i end up staying late so um typically speaking i'm on the phone oh anywhere between 10 and you know 12 hours a day and not only the phone um we've talked about how people can get a hold of you but obviously you are fielding the emails as well oh yeah and and optics at gohunt.com and cody at gohunt.com both um so there's a i'm sure there's a happy medium of being able to talk to customers and answer emails so you're busy. You're a busy guy. But, uh, yeah, it tends to be that way. Yeah, yeah which is good though. Uh, you know, it's, it's business is business, and and you know that's I think what sets us apart. Um, you know, from a lot of other people out there is that you know we're we're trying to give the the best and most informative information um, that we can, and do it in person, and truly understand you know what the needs and and uh, you know what what you know what that actual buyer is needing not it's not about what i want it's not about what you know sometimes it's not about what they want but sometimes what they want ends up being something totally different once we start talking about it right and uh and so the only way to to really get to that from people is to truly understand their their needs and wants i know the listeners uh get so much value out of being able to ask their questions and i know the last podcast episode that we did where it was a question and answer we got a lot of great feedback from that so i put a put it out on my instagram handle uh, to ask questions, you know, that we were going to do a podcast and we got a bunch of questions in, so we might as well dive into them. Uh, we've got a question here from hunt em up. Uh, it is what is the best tripod and fluid head combo for the ATX? Uh, I'm assuming ATX 65. So he's talking about a Swarovski 65 mm-hmm. and he's talking about a fluid head combo. So I assume he's talking about a pan head. Yeah. He's talking about a tripod. I think we talked in the last podcast episode where it's my opinion that the pistol grip heads uh, that are out there on the market, there's several of them out there on the market, are great for a certain application. But in my opinion, from a you know precise technical glassing standpoint for you know some of the animals like coos deer, desert sheep, you know maybe mule deer, some long range right. type type picking it apart glassing, um, those those pistol grip heads are a little herky jerky 
in in my opinion. And a well, good they just hand they, they don't typically handle the weight because when you squeeze the the handle of of a pistol grip, the weight of that optic is now in your hands. And your hand, by the way, is resting and balancing on, you know, a ball. Right. So it it your hand becomes a steadying factor, and that's um, yes, there is a point and a time and a place that I think pistol grips work. Um, and I, you know, you'll you'll hear the term power glassing, and where guys are just they're they're popping at one spot and looking at you know four or five different spots, you know, in succession, and then going back over those again. Um, so. I think when you start putting heavier optics on, it it, it it doesn't matter how you say it, do it. It's not as smooth right. as if you're using a um, a, 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 a true pan head right. uh, or, you know, fluid head. You know, so um, the, the, I, I, the, the most important part of that question is, is that like, you know, if, if he wants to reach out to me and, and ask, what I want to ask him is, is that, when people say that they want to, you know, what's the best combo? Well, I'm always typically leaning towards a little bit like medium weight to heavier weight on, on, on my, on my setups, because typically I want the stability and the, in the sturdiness and the quality of what I'm looking for. Less through. vibration. Less vibration. So, and typically the only way you can combat that is, is weight and you know, in in strength of the tripod, and then obviously how smooth the, the the head is, and its ability to handle weight. So, if he's a backpacker, his needs and wants may be different than a guy that you know is truck the, the truck hunting, or he's day hunting, or he's walking you know a quarter mile. It, it doesn't matter. But I would want to know what his needs are, you yeah. know, or what he what what he's using it for. Right. Um, because, you know, you could go with the Outdoorsman's Panhead, you could go with the 700RC2, um, and those are going to be, you know, on your lighter weight to where you actually have some good results. But if he's, you know, digiscoping, phone scoping, or, you know, trying to get good quality, you know, recordings or pictures, I'm going to go to a Ciru, uh, uh, a VA5, or, you know... Um, the, uh, the X-Pro or, uh, you know, JU's, the 128RCs. So I'm going to go to something heavier and that's technically smoother. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> that brings up a a point, or you've already made the point that, you know, there's you have to kind of know what the application is. So it's a little bit of a loaded question. Um, what is the best tripod setup and fluid head for a Swarovski 65? The interesting thing is the Swarovski ATX 65 is on the lightweight end of right. those Swarovski modular spotting scope systems Correct. where you could have the 85 or the 95, which is considerably heavier. I I would say that in my opinion over the years, like you're talking about having a little bit heavier tripod, a little bit heavier tripod head, it it's all about stability. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in, <clears throat> you get any wind you get any vibration at all. If, if you're going super lightweight, typically if you're going to be glassing a pretty long distance, you're going to miss a lot of stuff because your binos are going to have, you know, a little bit of vibration yep. to them. No, it, absolutely. And, you know, a, a perfect example is this, um, this last hunt I just got off this Desert Bighorn Sheep Hunt in Western Arizona. Uh, Tyler Hall was using a Jim White panhead, mm-hmm. which is a real lightweight panhead. Right. 
Um, one of the things that I've never liked about that particular head is the fact that when you get to the target that you want and you want it to kind of lock in, so to speak, you yeah. have to twist. Exactly. And he called me over. He's like, you wouldn't believe it. He said, I had the my 15s up and he said, I didn't have it twisted down. And he said it flopped forward Yep. and the whole thing went down and it fell on the objective. He said, perfect you know, fell perfectly down, scratched them up on the objective. And, mm. you know, on a, on a heavier tripod, on a heavier head, right. that just doesn't tend to happen. But when you go lightweight, obviously <laughs> you're saving weight, right. but there's a trade-off. I would say like you always lean a little bit heavier probably than what, you, you know, if, if you're going to go heavy on anything, go heavy on the tripod head. Exactly. And probably a little bit thicker legs. Yeah, you can lighten up on the legs a little bit and you know, but to me it comes back to that smoothness of the of the actual head and and something that um m- you know, m- maybe people aren't thinking of in this too is that make sure that your head has a, a way to to help balance the the optic because if you'll look at the the modular 65s, 85s and 95s the feet are actually turned different way on them. So, um, you know, one, one of the things that will help combat how steady you are is how well that the, the optics is balanced on that, on that head. So, um, I like a head that also has plates that you can move back and forth. Um, Swarovski now has the, the Arca Swiss, uh, feet that will slide into an Arca Swiss compatible head um, that you can also move back and forth within, you know, however long the throw is uh, on that particular plate. So I think to have them balanced um, is uh, is important and will help steady that. Um, yeah, even for more. the situation where Tyler it, it, had it top heavy, basically it, front end heavy, it, and it, it fell over, you could have it balanced. Exactly. Back. And and there's and look, you know, Jim White, God rest his soul. Um, he was a great guy. Um, and I loved his ingenuity and his, the head that he came up with. And that was my only complaint about that ever was, um, and, and Jim actually addressed it at one point because he made the threads on that handle so that they, y- y- you, they were a little bit, you could feather in the weight a little better. So a little tension. Exactly. So I'm not sure which one, you know, Tyler was using, but I'm, it, it very well could be in, in older style and, and, uh, it just, you know, it is what it is, but. Without knowing all the answers, um, best tripod, fluid head, combo, what would you say? Um, you know, I've been, I've been real partial to, the, um, to the, the VA5 head, which we've talked about before. It's an Arco Swiss compatible. Um, you've got a lot of room on top of the head to move it back and forth and balance your optics. Um, it's butter smooth in the pan and the tilt. It's got a lot of room, uh, to feather in the weight of the optic. Um, so I'm, I've been really leaning towards that head lately. Um, you know, if somebody wanted to go towards the, the, um, you know, the other end of the spectrum and, and go a little bit lighter weight, um, with not maybe as much control, you know, the 700 RC2 from Manfrotto works real well. Um, the, uh, you know, certainly we, you know, we've talked about, um, the, uh, the slick tripods. Um, and I, you know, I know you're a big fan of the 733, 734s. Um, I know we're going to talk about this later because there's been some changes, but, um, the 733 and the, the 634, uh, slicks I've been liking a lot lately. 
Um, some of the carbon fiber, like the 290 Extra, excellent model. Um, you know, lightweight. So midweight, not super lightweight, but midweight, three pounders. While we're so, on that subject, um, are, do you like the twists or do you like the flip locks? Um, you know, I, I for years, um, you know, when Manfrotto first came out and they were called Bogan and they're not called Bogan anymore, it's Manfrotto. And um, they had the old, you know, like lever style, like twist locks. And those used to get worn out. And then they came out with the flip locks. And I've used flip locks pretty much um for about the last 10 years maybe 15 years um somewhere in between there um i like flip locks but the truth is is that i've been leaning towards twist locks lately only because i think they're easier to keep cleaner mm -hmm. um i think they're it, quieter it, for well they're, me. they're they're quieter um when you go to twist on them um, it doesn't take like a full twist to let them let them out. You can you can just feather it in, mm -hmm. and so um, most of the tripods that we've been carrying are are uh, are, um, are, are are twist locks. Um, the flip locks take a little bit more maintenance. You need to clean them. You need to keep them dust free because any time that you that you uh, you know get dirt and grime in there, um, they 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 can really start hanging up. And and I'm not trying to knock them. I'm just saying you know keep them clean and. And if there's one thing that'll, you know, scare a buck out of there um, is, you know, you go to Creaking crank down it. on a, yeah. and you hear that, 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 you know, that yeah. rickety doors, you know, shutting. That's when you get the it. evil eye from me looking back. Oh, like, that's the, the that's that? the 300 yard rule right there, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's jump to the next sure. question. Uh, DJ Branford says Zeiss Victory HT range finding binos. 10 by 42s or 10 by 54s. I haven't looked through the 10 by 54s myself. Ridiculously bright. Really? They're brighter than the 42s? Oh yeah. Um it yeah, it's you know, I would just it's a hard choice to tell somebody but but here's here's what I would say to somebody. If they were if they were going to use that piece of glass primarily I mean, off a tripod, and we've all talked about tripods. To, I mean, you know, a, a binoculars on a tripod should be 85% of the time. Right. I, I would almost always lean towards the bigger piece of glass mm -hmm. because, you know, you've got... You've got your stability you, of the tripod. Well, you've got your stability, you know, you've got a bigger tripod, you've got heavier glass, um, and, and a 10 power mounted on a tripod, you know, that's, that's over a five millimeter exit pupil. I mean, I mean, that's a pretty bright piece of glass and super, super clear. Um, the glass on those things is ridiculously good. It's that, you know, it's, it's their new shot glass and holy buckets. Is it, is it awesome? Let's um, go back to something you said there. You talk about brightness and you talk about glass and with 10 power binoculars and, you know, obviously the guys here that hunt Arizona for coos deer and what have you, a lot of the real, real detailed glassing and such love the 15s or the 12s, mm -hmm. but there's still something about having a good pair of 10 power binoculars that are bright, that you're catching lots of movement out of the right. corners of your eyes, having that wide field of view. Um, we get questions a lot, 10s or 15s, and it's kind of, you know, a lot of it depends, like we talked before on what you're hunting primarily. Yeah, like how far, how how big is the canyon ran? Yeah. I mean, but I wouldn't discount having a good pair of tens stabilized no, and being able to, not. you know, have a 
you know, pair of tens that you catch that bright, you've got that vivid, you know, you've got well, good image and you've got a wide field of view because you're catching most everything that's going to move around. When you take a pair of, you know, 10 by 50s, 10 54s, you know, re- I mean, super bright, you know, Swarovski has the, the it, you know, most people don't even know that Swarovski has an 856 anymore and a 1056, but, you know, they are technically available you know on a <clears throat> on a limited order basis and it, they can be had but i mean those those glasses you know those those are 5.6 5.4 millimeter exit pupils which is basically the 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 measurement or the width the band of light touching your eye to explain well, that a little bit more go into exit well, pupil and why so to get your exit pupil measurement you divide the objective number, the higher number, by the power. So if you're a 56 divided by, you know, 8, you have a 7-millimeter exit pupil. I mean, talk about being super bright and, you know, being able to see stuff at, I mean, really, really low light conditions. Um, If anybody's ever glassed through an 8-power, and actually sat there as the sun comes down and deer start to stand up. It's like a beacon of, I mean, it's hard to explain, but when deer are in that first, you know, bright light, they stand out like sore thumbs, especially the brighter the glass. Sure. And so I would just, you know, like most people realize that, okay, so you got a, a, a 1042 binocular. So, uh, uh, you know, that would be a 4.2 max uh, exit pupil. So, um, I think that's typically the standard that you try to look for in a binocular. You want like a four millimeter exit pupil. Um, and if anybody's wondering, um, you know, like when your eyes dilated and you've got, you know, those measurements start to make sense, you know, of why you need at real low light, why you need more light to your eye, because your, your eyes are, are super dilated and they're, they're looking for light, you know, as opposed to. You know, when it's super bright out, your eyes are, your, your pupils are, you know, not so dilated. And so there's, there's a whole combination there of, of, uh, you know, why that works. So back so, to the question, you, sounds like you like the 10 by 54s. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, for my situation, I would probably use 10 54s because I know that I'm going to have them mounted on a, a, a tripod a lot and they're not overly big to where if I had to wear them on my chest, they're not obnoxious. So yes, I, I, I would choose 1054s, but I mean, either way you're, you're getting one of the best. We got a question here from Wade underscore R3. He says upgrading to 10 by 42 Swaro EO range. Let me see 10 by 42 Swaro EO range finder or Leica Geovid range finder opinions. Well, um, the mo see, and this is a, an exact question of why you want to talk to somebody because when he says geovids, what, does he mean like the old body style geovid R's, um, which is they've basically they they're not HD glass, um, but they do have the 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 uh, the ranging that you can you know range from ten to eight hundred um, with an angle, and I mean they're a good piece of glass, but they're they're just not their best piece of glass. So, or is he talking about the GeoVid HDR or the GeoVid HDB? So, what's the difference? Um, well, the uh, the HDBs um, have the ability to put an SD card, and 
um, take your rifle ballistics. Well, I think you can take up to six rifle rifle um, uh, uh, calculate your uh, uh, sets and and have them for different loads or okay. different you know situations. Okay. Um, but you can put that in an SD card and load it. It loads in. You take the battery out and it loads in there, and then you put the battery back in. Um, and then the HDR does not have the SD card capability. It basically, you know, it works off the rifleman's rule, but um, that piece of glass, it's it's still the same body style, which is kind of a, they're kind of bent sort of. They're kind of a quasi roof prism, poro prism, kind of a hybrid. Um, super bright glass, really good glass. Uh, but it's... Um, uh, it's not like the older original, you know, GeoVid body style. So they have, they actually have three different models. Gotcha. And then the Swaro 10 by 42. Yeah, Swaro, the, the, you've got the 1042s and the 842s. Um, and, you know, the, the, the difference um, we get asked all the time is about, um, you know, the glass and the Swaros. Like I use the 842s and I think they're, you know, really, really bright. Um the 1042s are again they're they're really bright um that get asked all the time are they the same glass that's in the 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 Swaro Vision you know regular 1042 ELs and no they're not there is a slight difference um you lose just, a little bit of light transmission j- just right? just a touch yeah. i mean it's you know when you get to this quality of glass i mean you're starting to kind of split hairs a little bit um but i've never once looked through i've used the 10s on a number of trips and I've used the eights and I've never once looked at them and thought, wow, man, I can't see that because it, you know, it's not bright enough. What about the buttons on the Leica and the buttons on the Swarovski? So the, as far as which side are they on and, and response time and such, have you tested those? Um, yeah, typically speaking, um, it's kind of a, that's, I don't want to say it's a buzzword now. It's not a buzzword. It's actual real. Um, the response times have been getting better and better. Um, it used to be that the Zeiss RFs were, um, were the fastest of any of them. Um, I would tell you that the, the I think that, le- that, that, that playing field has been kind of leveled. The margins. The, yeah. Up. The margins much tighter than it used to be. Um, I would tell you that, um, the, like the Swarovski, the button is on your, on your left-hand side, the, the GeoVid HDRs and HDBs, it's on the right-hand side. So you've got a lot of different options to go over on which one is right for you. And again, like this is a perfect example of, look, if you want to break these down and go through them with me, call me and I'll walk you through each one like, of them. What are you primi- primarily yeah. hunting? Are you an archer? Are you a exactly. rifle hunter? What type of animals so, are you hunting? Um, uh, the Swarovski ELs, um, I get the question all the time that, uh, you know, they don't range down below 30, you know, 30 yards. So, um, you know, some of the archers are like, whoa, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Some guys don't care about that because, you know, they know where to, you know, put it. If, you know, if it's below 30, they're, you know, they might hold just slightly lower, but I don't know. If if you're worried whether it's 18 (laughs) yards or 26 yards, you have a problem in my opinion. But a lot of people would argue with me. A lot of people would argue um, with me. My my good buddy Chris Webster would argue with me. I know that for sure. He's laughing at me right now too. But, uh, um yeah, I, I think that, you know, um, having only killed elk under, under 20 yards, <laughs> I, I've never, I've never had that issue or that problem. It was just, I picked a spot and, 
and I, I've been using the 30 yard pin for a, a while now. So yeah. let's um, jump to the next the other sure. question. Uh, Riley Utovic one says better filming quality with phone scope off your optics, binos or spotting scope. So Ooh. I had, um, I've been using the phone scope adapter. Obviously they're a sponsor of my podcast here and I've been using the adapter for quite a while. And one thing that's interesting is when you are filming something at fairly close range with your binocular, you can get some unreal, you know, digiscoping oh. or phone scope image. One thing that I learned is I didn't realize on these iPhones and I would assume on other phones that you can actually go into your settings so on my iPhone X, you go into the video settings and you can actually, uh, and I'll actually do it so, so I can tell the listeners here. Let me click on it. So you go down here to um, look for camera and then go to, it says record video and you can actually do 720p HD at 30 uh, feet per second, 1080 HD at 30, 1080 HD at 60. Uh, 4K at 24, 4K at 30, 4K at 60, and down below that, actually, in you know, I'm reading right off the iPhone. It says a minute of video will be approximately 40 MBs with the 720, and that's a space saver. Uh, a minute of video on the 1080 is 60 MBs, and that's the default setting, so it's automatically set at 1080 at 30 feet per second. Or it must be frames per second, I'm sorry. Uh, and then 90 MBs with the 1080 at 60 uh, F FPS, and that's smoother. And then a, you notice these are getting bigger, 135 MBs with the 4K at 24, that's film style. And then the 170 MB with 4K at 30, that's higher resolution. And then the ultimate is the 400 MB, so one minute of video is 400 megabytes uh, 4k at 60, uh, feet, uh, frames per second, excuse me. Uh, that's the higher resolution and smoother. Now, one thing I will tell you is I've been messing on the sheep hunt with videoing, uh, through my, uh, mainly through my spotting scope right. with my phone scope and started doing a lot of the 4k stuff. And I will tell you one thing you have to watch is if you get much over a minute, those files get huge. They, they get big. And yep. when you're trying to something to do with when I was editing the videos, I quite ha I don't quite have it figured out yet. Where um, when you're trying to send them to people, they almost won't send. Um, and then I noticed when I was loading some on Instagram, Instagram would basically shut shut off because I think the file was so big. So I thought oh, that absolutely. was thought that was interesting that. Um, you know, you've got to watch. I almost think these phones, if you were to show someone the image, it's unbelievably clear on the phone, but then right. trying to take that to social media or in a exactly. sharing capability, that's where I think you run into issues well, with the 4k. I, I think, and, and really I'm going to, and not, I'm, and Jay, you're headed down the road that we were going to go anyway, but I think what needs to be talked about and the one word that 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 question pertains to and exactly what it pertains to on what you're doing is distance. Because if whether you're using your binocular or whether you're using your spotting scope, it, the distance is going to dictate everything that you're absolutely because distance and light distance. and light, Exactly. Because if you're, if you're not paying attention to what we were, you know, what, what you just brought out and you're not, um, 
I mean, if if I'm binocular range, I'd much rather go to binocular range because you're going to get so much better light. And if you're at that kind of a distance, um, you know, I've taken pictures at 80 yards that people are like, man, that's like almost magazine quality stuff. Right. And then, you know, you explain to them that <laughs> that was through a binocular, you know, with my, you know, with, with my, with my phone attached to it. And they're like, why? I can't even believe that's that good. Right. Well, I, I think it just, the farther distance you get away from that, you know, I, I, I'm going to say binocular stuff. And I may be, if you're over two or 300 yards, I think it starts to, to diminish. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 300 is like, well, max. the animal starts looking pretty small. Yeah. But it, if you've got a, a deer feeding or sheep or something at like 50 yards and you're filming through your tens or your 15s, you can get some unreal clear exactly. quality stuff, but you get out there a little ways. And, um, and to the point where you can change your settings pretty quick. Right. And you can go, Hey, this is like perfect. I can get real high quality stuff right here. And you, while you know the file's going to big and all that, but you, it may be worth it because some of the stills that you can pull out of it. and Well, and I would say, too, shoot like 20 and 30-second videos and, and, and start a new exactly. one. Exactly. Don't, don't run them as long. Exactly. Um, the other thing I think that's important with that is when you're phone scoping or using any sort of spotting scope, I think people want to do is they want to zoom in on their phone as far as it will yeah. go. What you want to do is use the magnification exactly. in the optic in the, in the spotting scope. I get the best results on my 95, you know, at like all the way over at the, at the lowest power. Exactly. Yeah. That's, 30, that's what gets right. the best image on that 30 power. But if the lighting condition is right, I can actually zoom in. So don't zoom in on your phone. If you have a little bit of a black ring, you have to sometimes zoom in. Yeah, just you're going to take a little bit of that. Get rid of yeah, that. Right. But you want to zoom in on your phone as little as possible, and that will uh, create a higher quality image. And use the zoom on your spotting scope, and you're going to get better images. Yeah, absolutely. Cody, um, We've got a bunch of questions here, and uh, I think we're going to tackle the rest of them on another episode here. Okay. I want to thank uh, you for coming on. Uh, GoHunt.com, Cody Nelson here, the glassing guru. He's the optics authority. Uh, GoHunt.com, Gear Shop. You guys are a sponsor of my podcast, the title sponsor. You guys can call Cody directly for info and sales at 702-847-8747, extension 2. I haven't hit one yet. <laughs> We're still I'm working my way two. up there. And the email is optics at gohunt.com. I want to thank you guys for your sponsorship. Also, kuyu.com, K U I U.com. Kuyu makes the best ultralight hunting gear on the market today. Check them out. That's kuyu, K U I U.com. Canyoncoolers.com, based right out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Use the J Scott promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Phonescope, what we were just talking about, phonescope.com. Use the JScott18 promo code to get a 10% uh, discount on all orders. And then onxmaps.com. If you use JScott18 promo code, you're going to get 20% off all orders. Uh, Cody, let's dive into some more questions on the next episode. I appreciate your time. Will do. I appreciate you having me. It's always a good time. Thank you. <laughs>